Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Hello, sippers and shakers. I'm Matthew Henry, your fearless guide on this whirlwind tour of all things cocktail. And next to me is none other than Ben Henry, the Baron of Booze and Beats. Strap in as we navigate the labyrinth of liqueurs, the terrain of tinctures, and the garden of garnishes. Whether you're an aspiring mixologist or a casual sipper, we've got something to tickle your fancy and lift your spirits. So raise a glass and lower your inhibitions. It's time for another exhilarating installment of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. Let's do this. How you doing, Baron? Baron. Of booze and beats. Yeah, I don't know about that second one. Beats? Like a you beat. You put down a beat? Beat No. I like Baron. I know that Baron is a huge, huge demotion from from the heights of things that we've been po- talking about in the past weeks. And I, and I was upset with Viceroy, and I think this is probably even a step down from Viceroy. But I like Baron because it has a sort of je ne sais quoi. Yeah, there's like history behind that name. Yeah, it's got like roguishness to it. Like, oh, I'm a, you know, a royal, but I also sometimes I get down with the people. Because I'm the Baron of Beats. Yeah, anyway, how am I doing? I'm doing well. I mean, I'm doing okay. Like, as everybody knows, we record this podcast a few days before we release it. And right now, we're kind of in that situation where the Giants have... I mean, they aren't officially eliminated yet, but it's it's at that awkward stage where everybody kind of doesn't want to look. It's like it's like the fish that's out of water that's kind of like flopping and gasping and you know that the end is coming. Right. Yeah. And you're like, it's not dead yet. So we can't call it a dead fish. So nobody wants to say the dead fish. But we all know it's a dead fish. Right. Especially the fish can't say that. He's flopping around going like, I'm still alive. Somebody please push me. me back in the water. And all of us are standing back going like, ew, I don't want to touch that fish. And like your dinner, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird story. Anyway. And we all know that if yeah. that fish was anywhere near Oracle Park, the seagulls would have eaten it by now. Put a little, put some French fries next to it and I'm eating it, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about this season. And we still have six games to go and they're not eliminated, but they might as well be. I'm kind of grumpy about that. But, you know, if that's the worst thing in my life, I think my life's pretty good. Other than that, it was a good week. Excellent. I'm really excited to talk about my cocktail this week because as an apology to our listeners for the complicated cocktails that I had presented for the last two weeks, I'm coming with something super simple and super good. Anyway, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing okay. Yeah, it's uh it's been an interesting the last couple weekends. Weekends usually in my house are full of just stuff. You know, places to be, places to ship kids off to. Like, it's just, for as long as I can remember, the weekends just, they speed up. They don't slow down, right? And yeah. uh, and and with my two oldest now in college, uh, I feel like I've got a lot more time. And, uh, you know, and, and, and case in point, I mean, this weekend, I took my daughter to soccer practice today. 
got a little yard work in. I watched the Giants game like it was it was just relaxed. You know, and yesterday I I as you know, you and I went to a charity poker uh, tournament and you actually played poker while yes. I tended bar. And uh, I don't think I would have had the opportunity to do that one if I had been running around getting kids places. So, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting dynamic and I'm I'm actually kind of enjoying it. But we miss you, kids. Uh, yeah, they don't, miss they you. Don't listen to us. Miss can... you big time. <laughs> we miss you. I think you can miss them and also be like, wow, this is a lot easier, you know, at the same time. Glad you're gone, but miss you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, good. Yeah. No. And, and that was a, that was a lot of fun too with that event. And I was, yeah. I was happy to go and play. So I have a question, but I, before I, I ask that question, I'm going to set the stage. So uh, last year I attended this fundraiser and I volunteered to, you know, 10 bar. I coached track for the high school that we were raising funds for. And the golf coach and I decided that we would do this. And he actually had it all together. All I had to do was show up. And when we showed up, you know, we were offering very basic, like, you know, rum and Coke and Jack and Coke and, you know, just those kind of things. We didn't have any mixers. There was nothing, right? So I couldn't make any cocktails and people were asking about that. So fast forward to this year, I was like, when we were getting closer, I said, hey, I'd love to help you again, but I, I'd like to, you know, put together a, a simple cocktail menu and make some cocktails. And he was like, yeah, let's do that. So again, he got all the booze donated and we had, you know, we had gin and vodka, tequila and bourbon. So I paraded a, a, a simple cocktail, including those spirits, uh, lime or lemon juice and simple syrup. It's amazing how many different different types of cocktails you can make uh, just using those those key ingredients. And uh, I also well, then I also had some agave for the one margarita and just some things like that. But it was very simple. And I am so sore and tired today. Like I <laughs> I attended bar from 4 p.m. until about 1130. And I did I did the math. I did 32 cocktails an hour. So more than one every two minutes I was making cocktails. And that doesn't include like the rush, which was like at like right before the poker tournament started, right before six. I, I looked up and there was such a long line and I was just going crazy. But uh, but I it was fun and I had a great time uh, and, and I learned a lot and, and a lot of respect for your bartenders like folks. If you're tipping your bartender only for the drink that they make, you're doing it wrong because I guarantee you there was a lot of time put in juicing those limes and making the simple syrups and doing all that prep work that goes into your drink. And uh, that took me about as long as it did to actually tend the bar on, on Sunday night. But I have a question for you, Ben. So we had all these great these great spirits. We had bourbon. We had gin. We had tequila. And we had vodka. What do you think went the fastest oh gin bourbon tequila vodka uh, well it definitely wasn't the gin and it definitely wasn't the tequila so it was probably the bourbon or the vodka and i'm gonna go with the vodka unfortunately yes that and that wasn't even close <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I did pre-batch some old fashions, and those were actually kind of popular, especially <clears throat> as word got around how good they were. <laughs> People uh, kept coming up and asking for them. They were pretty good. I will give you that. Thank you. Uh, but I, yeah, the the vodka. I had two vodka uh, cocktails on the menu, 
And those were going like crazy. And then people, of course, wanted like vodka and and club soda or vodka tonics or, you know, those kind of things. So uh, there was a lot of that. I mean, we went through twice as many bottles of vodka as we did any other spirit. It was crazy to me. And it makes me think that maybe I should rethink uh, my like anti-vodka stance. I think I've only done one vodka cocktail maybe two in the entire history of giant cocktails. And I'm thinking, well, if it's so popular, I should probably branch out and do a few vodka uh, cocktails. I didn't do that today, but maybe in the future I will, I will include some more vodka cocktails. So having said that, you know what time it is. Is it that time? It's that time. It's time for tip Tip of of the the day. day. Tip of the day, Ben. Tip of the day. So I've made a lot of syrup and stuff this last week and in anticipation of this poker tournament, I'm also doing a golf tournament next week where I'm going to do a, I'm going to be out on a hole making cocktails and the cocktail that I want to make when that is the army and Navy, which includes, um, or syrup. And so I realized that I'd start probably needed to make it because or is really expensive to buy. And uh, I thought, well, I could probably get it, do it cheaper if I make it. And so traditionally, though, uh, uh, it's a complicated recipe to make orgeat syrup. I mean, you're toasting almonds and you're like you're blending them up and you're soaking them in water and all that. So the tip of the day is when things get complicated like that, Ben, look for shortcuts. And fortunately, uh, the cocktail gods were smiling on me. I was scrolling Instagram and I came across a simple orgeat syrup recipe. Uh, but, but with, I think, um, actually, I'm, I didn't remember. I think it was actually from Alyssa Dunn, who is Hell Queen Cocktails on Instagram. And she will become more relevant here in a second. Uh, but she had this recipe on her, on her Instagram about how to make orgeat. And she just had unsweetened almond milk as the base. And then she had, so you had twice as much sugar as you did the almond milks. In her case, it was four cups of sugar, two cups of unsweetened almond milk. And then it was, then you heat that up until it's all combined and and no longer granulated and it's all combined. And then you remove that from the heat and you add two tablespoons of almond extract, one teaspoon of orange flower water. And, uh, and a third cup of cognac and it made the most amazing orgeat syrup for the fraction of a cost and time. It literally took me five minutes to make this syrup and it made like, made like 80 ounces of, of syrup. I mean, it's made a lot. So I will more than enough for me to, to do what I need to do next week and to actually include it in my cocktail this week. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that is a tip that I will, you know, you don't always have to do the complicated way, especially when you're making cocktails at home. You're not, you're not trying to win an award, you know, from cocktail magazine or whatever. I mean, you're, you don't really, you know, need the notoriety. You know, people aren't stopping by your living room and like writing about it on a blog, you know, or something. So just make, take care, take, take the shortcuts, when they're available, because uh, really what we want to do is be drinking, not making syrups. That's right. But I have a great idea for a show, Matthew. We travel around, we go to people's houses, and they make us cocktails, and then we write about it on a blog. I like but it. But it's, it's actually just a podcast, you know? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The blogs are so old. Uh, that, I don't that's know why right. I that's that right. Uh, we do it like nobody's blog since like the 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 two thousands. But uh, yeah, we do it like TV yeah. style, where they're like it, like the the character is writing a blog, but we're okay. actually in a podcast. Yeah, okay. yeah. I like it. All right. Well, maybe I should get into my cocktail. Maybe you should. I'm guessing it has orgeat in it. It does. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. Uh, okay, good. Good, because that would be a bad segue. Yeah. What are you talking about? This has got mint syrup. It does have orgeat. Well, what are you drinking today, Matthew? Well, thank you for asking, Ben. I am drinking a recipe that I totally ripped off from, or just I'm honoring, let's say, uh, this recipe by Alyssa Dunn, who I mentioned earlier with her orgeat recipe. Uh, she's at Hell Queen Cocktails on Instagram. She's a very popular Instagram account for bartenders. And she came up with this one called I Don't Give a Fig. And, uh, you know, seeing how this is the beginning of fall, I thought it would be time to honor that with a fall cocktail. So what's in a I Don't Give a Fig? I Don't Give a Fig has two ounces of fig-infused gin, a half ounce of Cointreau, a half ounce of orgeat syrup, one ounce of lemon juice, a dash of absinthe, and a fig for garnish. You're going to add all those ingredients except the garnish into a shaker with ice, shake it for 12 to 15 seconds, double strain it into a chilled coupe glass, and garnish it with the fig. Uh, it's I, Before I get into how this tastes, I do really want to talk a little bit about the infusing the gin because that can seem really... Uh, uh, it could see intimidating, but but don't be intimidated by this. Like literally what I did is I grabbed some dried figs from my pantry, like three or four of them, and I chopped them up. And then I stuck them in a mason jar with about two cups of gin. And then I, I let them soak for an hour or two. And then I muddled them after they after they got a little softer and muddled the crap out of them. And then every like hour or so, I would shake them as I would go by. And by the end, by I'd say... Gosh, probably six hours later, I had a full bottle of gin or a jar full of a gin infused or I had a whole bottle full of fig infused gin. And so it's very simple and it doesn't have to be real fancy. I'm sure that if I had let it soak another like couple days, it would get even more infused. But the six hours was plenty. You could definitely uh, taste the fig notes on on the gin when you tasted it. So don't be intimidated by it. Uh, it's really easy to do. But getting back to the cocktail. So the cocktail has this brightness to it with the lemon juice and the Cointreau kind of adds to it. But then the, the, of course the fig and the orgeat, which is uh you know, this nuttiness in there with it uh, really lends to the fall kind of flavors. I will admit that I did not actually taste this cocktail until sitting down right before we went on the on thing. I made it and then came up and decided that because it just looks so good and it is very good. Uh, I, I, I think I might dial back the orgeat just a little bit. It is it is kind of sweet. Uh, and maybe it, it, it depends on the orgeat that you're using. But uh, mine, the, the one that we just made was very sweet. So uh, so uh, it is a sweet cocktail, um, but really good, really good. I mean, the flavors are amazing. And what I like about this one is that, I mean, just the infusion of the fig just creates this whole different flavor profile. And, and even the absinthe in there, I mean, there's got this just just a hint of the anise flavor in the background um, just lends itself to this kind of really full flavor that is really, really good. And 
Uh, yeah, I this could be a new favorite drink. I mean, it's really, really tasty. And uh, yeah, so that is what I'm drinking today, Ben. The I Don't Give a Fig. Well, first thing, Matthew, is I commend you for making a, a fall cocktail. Because as everybody knows, it just became fall last week with the autumnal. Autumnal? Is it vernal? No, that's that the vernal equinox. No, that's the other one. This oh, is the autumnal. Okay. Uh, the autumnal. The autumnal equinox. Equinox. And so it is now officially fall, as everybody knows. And uh, I'd like to commend you on on making a fall cocktail. You know, I have been making fall cocktails for a while now to get people ready for fall. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's nice for you to finally join the party now well, that it's a... F- thank you. You know, my, my run of summer cocktails was a good one. Uh, you know, a good three or four months at this point. Uh, but I, uh, I, you know, it's time. Yeah. yeah. It's time to to celebrate fall. So, and this is, this I think is a great, a great way to do that. I mean, one of the things that's difficult about making these, these seasonal cocktails is finding different ingredients every, for every cocktail, right? Because you don't want to be hitting the same note over and over and over again, right? I mean, you, you yeah. can only do pumpkin spice so much and an apple so much. Uh, and I think fig is a great way to do that. I also like fig just because it's a little bit off the beaten path. It's not one of those things that a flavor that a lot of people are super familiar with or are used to enjoying that often. But at the same time, it's a really easy fruit to find and in the grocery store, right? Because it's it's always there. So uh, so I, I really like that that choice here. Uh, I have a good question about the the orgeat that you presented. Uh, remind me the recipe that you used. You said the ratio of sugar to almond milk was. It was a rich. Syrup. Uh, was so a rich it was a rich okay. uh, two 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 parts sugar, one part almond milk. Right, because I was looking at the ratios here, right? Because you have a this is basically a two one one the way you have it written out. Where if you count the Cointreau as your sweetener, but Cointreau's is a little lower on the sweetness scale than like a simple syrup. And so, yeah. you know, but you were saying that it was super sweet, but that does explain it if you're using a, a rich, simple syrup in the orgeat. I so think that, if you're using an orgeat that you bought off the shelf, um, maybe the half ounce would be fine. Um, I forgot that this was a rich orgeat syrup and I just followed the recipes and I feel like that probably caused it to be a little too sweet. Right. That makes sense. But, so personally, I might dial it back. Right. That makes sense. I mean, so at the end of the day, I mean, this is a gin sour. Right. But you've got so many different things going on here that it, it is absolutely something entirely different. And and you're carrying through that absinthe theme that you started last week and you have the orange and the Cointreau, which is, I would like to think, a nice call out to the San Francisco Giants. But always, <laughs> always and forever <laughs> die hard. No, I really like this one. But as you said, you you made it. You, you didn't have an opportunity to taste this one. Do you think that, uh, like, let's talk about the fig infusion in the gin. Because, uh, you know, I just never know how long is too long on these things. And I guess there's no there's no way but to try. But when you're trying to make cocktails on a schedule like we are, it can be difficult to, to get the amount of yeah. time that you need and test in that way. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I wasn't going to. The reason I did this at the last minute is I wasn't planning on doing this today mm. until you told me you're using Applejack in your, uh, uh, in in or that you know that we. I showed you my bottle of Applejack, and you were like, oh, "Are you doing one too?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> no, I am not." 
<laughs> I see. I, I scared you uh, off. So from an, uh, this an one had been recipe. on my like radar for maybe a future episode, maybe next week. So I had a chance to really kind of figure it out. But then I was like, well, now I got to do this. And so, so to answer your question about the infusion, first of all, I think she probably infused it with with fresh figs. Uh, oh, okay. I did not, okay. you know, and and I all I had was dried in my in my pantry, and so. Um, so I just thought, well, that'll be fine. And, um, so I don't know if that would have changed it at any, any bit. Uh, but, uh, and I did notice that when she poured it in the video on Instagram, that the infused gin was quite dark. Mine was like dark, but not like as dark as hers. So she probably let it infuse a lot longer. Yeah. I think typically these infusions, they go for at least a week and in most infusions of this nature. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's really interesting. I, I would like to, to try this one out sometime in the future. But, it, you know, at least not for another week because I got to infuse my gin. That's right. right. That's right. Well, that's a very lovely cocktail, Matthew. Well, thank you. So I'm curious to, now that you have presented us with these really complicated cocktails the last couple of weeks, now you're saying you've got a simple cocktail. So I am all ears. What are you drinking today, Ben? Well, today I am presenting... A tried and true simple fall cocktail that people have been making in North America since before the United States of America was a thing. And that is the perennial classic cocktail. Yeah, this is a cocktail. I mean, this is technically, I guess the way I'm serving this, this is today, this is a highball. This is a highball, which is really just a carbonated, uh, carbonated mixer mixed with a spirit. And that's a highball. It's a two-ingredient cocktail. A whiskey highball is, is, your, is your standard there. Today, I'm presenting a stone fence, which is traditionally rum and or whiskey mixed with apple cider. Now, I'm doing mine just a little bit different than that, just to make it a little more modern and a little bit add a little bit more pizzazz to it. And... That is, I am using two ounces of Laird's Applejack. And I, you're right, Matthew. Like, honestly, folks, if you want to make a fall cocktail, just make it with Laird's Applejack. And whatever you're making is now a fall cocktail. I mean, Laird's, they might as well call themselves the official spirit of fall. Good year round, but necessary in the fall. So I'm using Laird's Applejack, but technically for a stone fence, you can use any spirit. Like any spirit is an is appropriate in a stone fence. The required ingredient in a stone fence is apple cider. And you can use any kind of apple cider, and you're going to get very different results based on if you're, say, using something like an unfiltered, traditional, mulling kind of like cider, right? That's going to be very rich and spicy, right? It's going to have a lot of spices imbued into it, and it's going to be very, very... Uh, sort of on the deeper, darker end of the apple flavor, right? And that would be a very traditional way to drink this. Or you could have a filtered, cleaner apple cider, right? Something that maybe comes in an in a apple-shaped bottle, for example. That would also be a stone fence. But today, I'm doing things a little bit differently. I am using a sparkling apple cider, Martinelli's to be exact. And uh, I like this cocktail because traditionally, whenever I have a Martinelli's bottle floating around my house, it gets opened and consumed by one eight-year-old who can't drink whatever uh, alcoholic beverage we have. And so they're drinking the apple cider. But then you're like, what do I do with this bottle that's still 75% full? Well, you have stone fences, folks, because this is an excellent, excellent mixer 
to add to Laird's Applejack. And yes, it's apple plus apple, but how can that be wrong? But if you do want to mix things up a little bit, you can do what I did, which is I added five dashes of King Floyd, King Floyd's? King Floyd's Scorched Pear and Ginger Bitters, along with my two ounces of Laird's Applejack. And I put all of that into a highball glass over ice. I put my bitters on top of that, and then I just topped it off with the apple cider. I assume it's probably somewhere between three and five ounces, which went on top of my in my particular glass. But anywhere in that ballpark, uh, and you're going to be just fine. And that is how you make a stone fence. And folks, this is a guzzler. You got to be careful with this one because it goes down super smooth. It's super tasty. And and basically, you're going to have two or three before you know it. And that's not a joke either, folks, because my glass is empty. It was empty before I ever even started talking about my cocktail. The good news is I've got my backup right here. That's a veteran podcaster for you. Yeah. And... I mean, it is just a fun, flavorful cocktail that is just, it's super easy to make. It's the great kind of addition, I think, to a fall event. Maybe you have an office party or maybe you're having a a Friendsgiving. This is a great, great cocktail to have on the menu because it's so easy to make, but it's also got that festive quality because of the sparkling cider. But it's definitely on point in terms of theme. And and it's super simple to make. You don't, you know, there's no like double straining into five different vessels like some idiot trying to make, I don't know, what a clarified milk punch. <laughs> I don't know who would do such a thing. Not me. Right. Or, or maybe you're trying to create your own special like pumpkin spice syrup by squeezing water out of canned pumpkin, which is ridiculous. Yeah, who does that? I mean, that's for the kids on YouTube. This is just a straightforward, easy way to get the job done, but still have something that's flavorful and fun. And uh, yeah, that's why I like my stone fence. I guess it's a stone bents. <laughs> anyway, there you go. That's you. That's I'm drinking. I'm drinking the stone fence. All right. Well, I do have a few things to to say. First of all, I've already emailed the marketing team of Laird's Applejack, letting them know that they are now the uh, the official (laughs) liquor or spirit of fall and that uh, they should send any portions of royalties our way. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they'll get right on that. Yeah. Yeah. And then second of all, Martinelli's apple cider. If you're not drinking Martinelli's sparkling apple cider, then you're drinking the wrong one. Uh, in my mind, there's really that's the best, and then everything else is 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 just next. Are there even any others? I don't know. Occasionally, you run across some like you know some some local one or some, I don't know. Yeah, but, and I'm sure they're fine. But no, Martinelli's is is the one. Well, well Martinelli's is from Watsonville. That's exactly. local-ish. Yeah, yeah. Well, Santa Cruz County, gotta love it. All right, and then oh, and then you're like your fancy bitters. So those sound like like. You don't oh, just find yeah. those like on the grocery store, uh, you know, so can you can you use other bitters? Is it like? Oh, yeah. You know? No, for sure. Use your favorite bitters. I use those because I thought the flavors were super fall. Right. The scorched apple mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, pear. Oh, no, sorry. It was pear and ginger. Right. Um, scorched pear and ginger. 
flavors. I mean, that is obviously a fall profile. No, but yeah. for sure, just use whatever you have in your, your old bar. You don't need to go buy a $20 bottle of bitters that you're only going to use once or twice a year. I mean, they'll, they'll keep forever because they're bitters. But if you're if you're wondering where to find those, you go to the bougie, uh, super expensive grocery store that Ben goes to, where you can also find the orange blossom and rose water. They're right next to the cheeses. Thank you. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, I, you know, I this 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 definitely screams fall and is very simple. So kudos to you, Ben, for continuing the fall theme while also dialing back the level of difficulty to a, you know, a one or a two. So thank you for that. I'm sure our listeners, I'm sure Scott is appreciating not having to run out and buy like 10 different ingredients. <laughs> and this one photographs really well, Scott. I would throw, I would throw some like uh, some dried apple slices on top of it though, just to, well, you know what you're doing, Scott. You don't need my help there. You're yeah, I'm picturing the, the fireplace as the background you're, too. Yeah, you know? it's very just photogenic. Yeah, yeah. You know how to dress up a cocktail. I don't need to tell you. It's, I mean, your name is Scott, and that's what they're called, right? So you know what you're doing. You're a pro. It's taking your Scots. Oh, well, there you have it, folks. The I don't give a fig and the stone bents. I mean, fence. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to make them, or maybe you made one even better, take a scot of it and send it to us on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, or Mastodon. And by Twitter, I mean Twitter. We love to interact with you all, and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Leaving us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts and telling anyone, someone, everyone that you meet you know, about us. That, that would really help the show. Just shout it out the window of your open window of your car as you're driving. Yes. And on that note, we'll see you all next Monday when we'll be drinking these very same cocktails while we wrap up the 2023 season of the San Francisco Giants. And won't that be a relief? Might need a couple of these. <laughs> you might need a lot of stone fences, or you don't give a figs. Uh, yeah, because, you know, we're definitely going to give a fig. We're going to give a fig on that show. And we're going to give a lot of figs. We might throw some rotten figs at some people. But anyway, until then, Matthew, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Adios, everybody. Copla! That's goodbye in Klingon. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Ooh, note to Ben. Uh, Note to self. Cut that out. (laughs) Note, Note to self. Don't cut that out because now it's a meta joke. Note, note, note to self. Cut that part out. And this part. (laughs) All right. Okay. 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 (laughs) <laughs> and this part and, and definitely cut out the part where Matthew's saying okay okay oh man ciao baby <laughs>